Uh, well, friends, this morning uh, we are getting together around a table to talk about the book of Judges. We as a church began a series a few weeks ago, and there's a few uh, confronting and challenging uh, topics or issues in Judges, so we thought we'd uh, talk about particularly the topic about God's discipline today. Uh, so this morning I've got John. Hello, how are you doing, everybody? Nathan. Good morning. And Cameron. Hi, everyone. And uh, myself, Shabu. So uh, what I thought we'd start with first, though, is maybe if you guys can just share what God's been teaching you through the book of Judges. What's been sticking out to you, Cam? Uh, well, I think I've, I've just been really challenged by, um, you know, both two things. First of all, you know, the seriousness of us um, not forgetting um, mm. and walking in obedience to um, to God, um, that we need to yeah take that seriously. But also, I think God's patience and, and love for his people comes out really strongly in that he just constantly has pity and mercy on them despite their their constant rebellion and I think um, yeah that's just a really really good reminder that that, that um, yeah that God is merciful and patient with us yeah mm. yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah look I, I agree with Cam there I think uh, God's grace uh, comes through it's something I wasn't expecting to see in the book of Judges mm. You have a rebellious people who are violating the first covenant. They mm. are intermingling with the Canaanites and uh, worshipping the Baals and Ashtoreth. And, and God rightfully judges them because that's what he said he would do. Mm-hmm. But he also raises up a saviour. Mm. Raises up the liver. And that just shows me his grace. Mm. It's just... Um, I haven't, I haven't seen that before. Hmm. Oh, I think it's just a, it's an exciting thing to see. Yeah, that's a great thing about God's word being so alive. That yeah, we can come back to it over and over, and we're still confronted by it. You know, yeah. John. Uh, for me, I think the the general theme of, and I just love His faithfulness uh, to His people in this. Sometimes it's, uh, it takes a while to to get to what we would consider to be the faithfulness side of it, but it's always there. But I think more uh, a reminder for me is. Uh, that God can use anybody that he chooses to use. And uh, we've seen that all through the Bible, but I guess it relates to my own life too. Sometimes you're wondering, you know, how, how's God actually going to use me? But then mm. you look at some of these guys that he uses and judges and go, hey, he can use me for his purpose as well. Mm. John, are you left-handed? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nope, and I don't have a knife by my side. I'm inside. Some of us are very... yourself, man. What, what, have, what have you discovered? What have you enjoyed? Um, I've, uh, yeah, I think, I mean, the theme's very similar. I think uh, one personally been confronted with this whole idea of um, there was no king and everyone did as they pleased. Uh, and I, in my own life, have been challenged. What am I doing that is similar in that? You know, I may acknowledge God and His authority in my life in certain things, but is that in everything? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then I've just, yeah, personally been really amazed by, yeah, as you guys said, God's grace over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's very easy to kind of roll our eyes at Israel, mm-hmm. uh, but if we really unpack it, you know, our hearts are not far from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, summary so far. What, so far. What are the main themes that you think? Okay, the first couple of chapters are a historical overview of what's happening in the balance of the book. Yeah. So the first two weeks we, we came across, across the fact that actually for a couple of generations Israel did really well. Yeah. They served God. Yeah. They uh, conquered people. They allowed God to, to use them in that process. But then they started to become disobedient. Yeah. And they started to compromise yeah. and started worshipping the gods of the Canaanites. Yeah. So I think the first two chapters, 
uh, Jesse chapter 2 gives us a cycle of what happens through the rest of the book yeah and uh, we, we see the cycle of, of sin mm-hmm. we see the cycle of God's anger towards his people's sin yeah. we see the cycle of uh, the people crying out to God in their oppression yeah. I think we've got to be really careful here that they're not crying out in repentance yeah. If they were to cry out in repentance, they would be tearing down the things that are stopping them from serving yeah. God. But they cry out in oppression. God hears their cry, has compassion, has grace, mm-hmm. provides a judge. And, and as long as that judge rules, there seems to be peace over the land. Yeah. Uh, and as soon as the judge dies, yeah. they take a further step into depravity, if you like, a further step into worshipping other gods yes. so spiral down it's a, spir- it's, a, it's, a, it's a graduated spiral down as we will see as we go through the book but, and that's the first couple of chapters what about chapters 3 and 4 what are you guys gleaning from that well I think uh, it's interesting to see like as the judges emerge you kind of see it's almost like this test is set up for Israel and they fail instantly they they compromise and they sin against God and then and then um, God raises up these judges and Similar to the progression of the people of Israel becoming worse and worse, you see the judges, they start out quite good in chapter 3. You have Othniel, he seems to be like the perfect judge, and then you get Ehud, this strange left-hander who's from the right-hand tribe. And um, and then from then, then forward, we kind of get judges who are a little bit more interesting. And as we go further on, we'll see they get even you know, less impressive, uh, mm. sinful even, in, in some cases. And, and so I think... Um, yeah, we touched on it before, but it's interesting how the way that God God uses these people to to save his his rebellious nation. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's quite intriguing. Yeah, yeah, and like for those if you're following the series, to keep in mind, as judges is not like necessarily one after the other. Mm-hmm. Um, it's spread over a significant amount of years in some of them, and it's spread out through a whole different sections of the nation of Israel. Uh, yeah, I think it spreads about 480 years, I think. 480? Like the whole, whole of Judges is about a 480 year period. There you go. So it's, um, it's a significant period of time. Yeah, yeah. And so when we read it and listen to it, it's important to keep that going in the background and it's to kind of give you a bit more of a context and it's good to read in particular Joshua uh, and give you a sense of uh, where Judges picks up and uh, so just a bit of info in the background for you. So one of the big things that we see in particular in Judges is um, this theme of God disciplining uh, the people of Israel. Nathan mentioned the cycle um, and there are strong language particularly in the book of Judges um, there's pages uh, verses that talks about the Lord raised up judges and saved them but prior to that it talks about uh, God handing them over or selling them over mm. in some of the stronger yeah, yeah. language um, so we thought we might talk a little bit about that about uh, God's discipline uh, particularly for those of us who've grown up in sort of modern day Australia churches we talk a lot about how God is love uh, and Nathan talked about God being gracious so guys is that the same God in the book of Judges? You know, how, what are your thoughts in regards to God discipline and handing over? Maybe we'll start there and we'll go from there. Well, we, we know that God disciplines those he loves for starters, and mm-hmm. so I think uh, there's a, a huge element of that straight through this whole this whole book. Plus, I think uh, he has his covenant in mind the whole time too. He knows where he's going. Where's covenant, So maybe unpack for us what's a covenant for those who might not know. Well, it's God's covenant with his people, his promise. 
Yeah, it's a covenant given by Moses. Yeah. So it's the mosaic. There's, God has many covenants that he gives his people through, yeah. throughout the Old Testament, but this one particularly relates to the mosaic covenant. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, think that, I think that's an important uh, framework to consider yeah. as you think through the book of Judges, that, that um, the mosaic covenant is the foundation stone. Because you've got to realize these people, unlike you and I, didn't have the spirit of God when I've done that's right. So they had the written law to guide and direct. Mm-hmm. That's right, and the Spirit of God came on them at God's choosing. Well, came upon the judges, yeah, came on the but judges, the, yeah. the general populace, mm-hmm. the Spirit of God was not dwelling within. That was part of the new covenant yeah. promise that, mm-hmm. that we uh, we enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, there's, this, there's this great section in uh, Joshua 24 uh, where, um, you know, there's this, language, there's this strong language which kind of sets a scene for us about what was expected of Israel as a nation, starting in verse 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. For the God of your fathers served the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you will dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That was the call uh, to the people of Israel. Uh, yeah, when God, we find very, very quickly in Judges, they forget and they don't. Mm. Yeah, I think Judges uh, also goes a bit further back. I think the Book of Deuteronomy. Yep. Yeah. yeah Moses's final farewell speech. Yeah. Uh, towards the end of Deuteronomy, he yeah. says he lays out, or God through Moses lays out blessings and cursings. Mm. So the people knew. Mm. The people knew that if they were to disobey God, if they did not obey the voice of the Lord, mm. then there would be consequences to pay yeah. because that's God's very nature he is completely just he's completely holy he, he had stipulated uh, how the relationship should have been between him and his people yeah. and then they started violating it so everything that occurred in Judges is known beforehand yeah. mm. because they are, they are disobeying God's voice that's right. so it's not something that should have been a surprise yeah. no. Yeah. And it's God's character. That, that's why it, it, God's, in His perfect grace and in His perfect justice, yeah. there has to be a evening out of those things. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah. What do you guys like when people think about discipline? What comes to mind? Do you think in our modern day age? You, you're a young fella, Cam. You tell <laughs> us. When you, your generation younger think about discipline, is that something that's discussed about, or is it just removing of the iPad? <laughs> yeah, well, I was still. I, I just had visions of wooden spoons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think I was just still in the generation we still got smacked as kids. Okay. I, I got it the worst. Yeah, uh, sure. I wasn't very stubborn. But, boy, he knows yeah. <laughs> so you can take that to the Alda Allen first. But, um, <laughs> um, but um, I don't know. I think I think my generation discipline's not something we like to talk about. Mm. To be honest, like I think it's something that we. Um, want to rebel against mm-hmm. um, that because you know, we should be able to do what we want mm-hmm. um, so I think yeah I, I think disciplines are fading um, I don't know what, what you call a fading trend but it's, mm-hmm. it doesn't seem to be um, as, as big but also we have a less respect I think than we used to and so discipline is not seen as a healthy thing I think it's seen as an unhealthy thing mm-hmm. um, that, that hinders us rather than something that can actually grow us mm-hmm. 
which I think probably needs to, discipline needs to be rightly understood if you're thinking about God's mm. God's discipline because I think it's very easy to think discipline is punishment mm. um, and while it can involve that it's it's for the purpose of growth not mm. for the purpose of dis- yeah if you're if you're his right mm. yeah you got you got to put the preface mm. God's discipline upon those mm. children he loves we know mm. there is a process of discipline mm. but those who aren't his there's a process mm. of judgment mm. 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 Yep. Yeah, explain that a bit more, Nate. Mm. Well, if you don't have your faith in Christ, yep. there, there will be a time that you will be judged. Mm-hmm. And therefore, everyone who doesn't have faith in Christ will be judged. And that's a, yeah, so God's, God's judgment doesn't change. Correct. Yeah. And, and judges, we, we see the overt judgment upon the Canaanites, the Amorites, mm-hmm. all the idol worshippers, if yep. you like. Yep. It's in the here and now. God uses his people to administer justice yeah. and holiness. Yeah. But in a, in a day to come, God himself will do mm. that for all who have died and don't know him. Yeah. And that's a terrifying mm. thing. It is, isn't it? That's a terrifying thing. But it just shows you that God's character does not change. Sin mm. has to be dealt with. And the very fact that we die, the very fact that we die is God's judgment upon humanity. Mm-hmm. Sin in the first place. That's right. Because the wages of sin is death. Yeah. You know. But we have a wonderful news because of the free gift of God. Eternal life. Of God is eternal life. Yeah. When we put our faith and trust in Christ, and that's a that's a that's a beautiful. Thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes hard even for us who belong to Christ. Sometimes to even accept punishment ourselves. Isn't it? Sometimes we still think we you know why is this happening to us? But Scripture is very very clear on the fact that it's. Uh, for his purpose, but it's also for our good as well that he does that. He doesn't punish us because he hates us. He actually punishes us because he loves us, and that's why he was doing this to the Israelites at the same time. Uh, I mean, they're calling out, they'd, they'd certainly gone against him, but he does love them. He remembers his covenant to them, and so he punishes them, uh, but then in his mercy, saves them as well. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, there was no obligation in the Mosaic Covenant necessarily for God to to, to bring them back, you know, but yeah. but because in the company made with Abraham, that 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 element of he was faithful even despite their faithlessness, and mm. so I think that was that comes through Judges really clearly that God didn't have to pit, have pity on them mm. when they cried out. He he there's no requirement, but he did because he he loved them as a people, and so I think that's important in framing how you see Judges that that God does that. Yeah, I think that I'm constantly I think when we read passages like in Judges and so on, it's to keep in mind who we're listening to in that we're talking about the Creator and we're the Created. And so later on in Romans you see this kind of unpacking Romans 1, but this whole idea as the one who's a Creator, who's God and ruler, he has the, we're his children uh, and those who belong to his children. So there's that aspect of discipline, isn't there? Mm-hmm. Well, I like the Romans 1, Charles, because uh, yeah, people sometimes... Struggle mm. with you heard this. Well, is the God of the Old Testament the same as the God of the New Testament? Yeah, I think Romans one is very clear that yeah. God's character does not change. That's right. Because yeah. it even in Romans one, it talks about God giving people over to their sin. Yeah, mm, that's right. And, and that's the same as what's happening in, in Judges. He yeah. gives them over, yeah. and, and they have to pay the consequence mm. uh, because they are worshipping the creature, mm. worshipping one another, mm-hmm. is what we call humanism, mm-hmm. rather than the creator. So God just gives them over. Yep. 
and uh, so that in, in itself is an aspect of what we see in Judges mm, that's right uh, God gave his people, Israel, over to their sin, and actually he used other nations to judge them, yeah. as he said he would from Deuteronomy 28, 28 29. Yeah. Yeah. And when he does that, we can see how miserable we can actually get. Yeah. Hmm. But, you know, I like some of the stuff that you said before, though, John, that, that God uses discipline in our lives to refine us. Hmm. Uh, often. <laughs> Too often. <laughs> always. Always. Yeah, yeah. True. He's Very always. True. But this one in our lives is because if he loves us, he's going to refine us. He wants to, and, and sometimes it, it is a, a harsh pruning. Mm. Yeah. You know, we, we got we get that image in, in John 15 mm. uh, with the branches and the vine, and how um, God sometimes need to needs to prune us harshly mm. to provide growth. Mm. Mm. Yeah. You know? So just just push that a little bit more into that. So you're talking about discipline and and in our day and time. Obviously, right now, if Canterbury Gardens Community Church was sinning as a whole community church, it's not like uh, necessarily there's an invading army that will come and make us <laughs> slaves uh, that we know of. What do you what do you think that looks like now? Um, because we're not Israel uh, mm-hmm. in that sense, mm-hmm. as we see in Judges. What, what do you guys think? I think the invading army is the world, to be perfectly honest. Uh-huh. Unpack that a bit more, well, mate. What do you mean? You could have an invading army coming towards you with their 900... Um, was it, was it Iron Chariot? Yeah. Uh, you can have the world coming at you through what's just being said, what's being hounded upon us the whole time too. And it's no different. It's sin coming towards you. It's uh, the enemy coming towards you as well. I think it's also um, the, inv- the invasion of our own, the consequences of our own sin as well, that we, you know, sometimes I think God allows those consequences to unfold when we, as a congregation, are... Of walking down a path that, that that results in in some pretty bad things happening and and when we realize that I think it can lead us to cry out to the Lord mm. in repentance and so you know I don't think it's necessary that God always protects us from all the consequences of our own sins I think he lets us face that sometimes because that's part of discipline we we, we see the result of what happens and 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 hopefully if we're a, a godly church we'll recognize that and and go back to him. <laughs> That's a very, very important point too. That we don't just look at each individual, mm. but we do look at what what is happening here in the church. Mm. What, what do we need to give back to God? You know, I mean, we talked about losing our first love uh, in the Ephesians mm. uh, passage uh, recently. You know, what is it about us where we need to turn back to Him as a church? I mean, we do that individually, but also, I, mean, I guess that's a big responsibility for leadership to identify some of those things, uh, to use God word, God's word to uh, to teach. Uh, sometimes even the discipline so that we can uh, really be serving him as we should be here at Canterbury Gardens. Mm. Yep. Yeah, but I, I look at judges. For me, one of the primary issues is that um, God's people, mm. right? Now we're God's covenant people. God had a promise with them, <laughs> chose to worship other gods. Mm. So I guess the analogy there is as a church, do we choose to worship other gods? Mm. What other things uh, become between our relationship with God? Mm-hmm. So we, you're right. You may not have inv- invading armies mm. that are used for discipline, mm. but God, we, we can quench God's spirit, mm. and that's the issue. Mm. We can we can so become compromised by the things around about us, mm. by materialism. Well, uh, lust of the eyes, mm-hmm. you know, pornography, mm-hmm. those sorts of things. Lust of the flesh, wanting 
many things and, and jealousies and conflict and strife that we start grieving God's spirit. Mm. And when we grieve God's spirit, there are consequences. Mm. There are consequences in broken relationship. And yep. you, you basically, you become loveless, like you talk about Ephesians. Mm. Ephesians, uh, the church at Ephesus, after 40 years, was renowned for losing their first love. Mm. How does a church that stands for truth? How does a church that can smile, uh, you know, smell a heretic a mile away all of a sudden lose its first love? Yeah, what's with that? <laughs> because they compromise. Mm. Uh, I think yeah. probably at the heart that's legalism, that's a different issue. Yeah. But, but they, they, they've compromised and, and they've grieved God's spirit and therefore the, the power for us to live the Christian life yeah. is blunted. Yeah. That's right. And it, it is that. It's that living in the spirit, right? Yeah. Uh, life by the spirit. Because we're on, that's right. We're on this side of the cross in the empty tomb. Yeah. Uh, and like as Nate was saying before, uh, the people of Israel didn't have the Holy Spirit living within them. They had the law code that's to correct. guide them and direct them. That's right. And, um, so but the issue is the same, mate, because it's still about the heart. Mm. Correct. The issue yeah. is still the same. It doesn't matter if it's pre-cross or post-cross. Yep. The, the issue is still about the heart. That's right. And who are you going to worship? That's right. And you see, you see that right later in yeah. the Old Testament, where God says, "I don't want your sacrifices and yeah. all those things that you're meant to, you're doing. I want this is your heart. Your heart's yeah. the problem." Yeah, and you see that in the New Covenant promise. I'm going to put a, a new heart within you yeah. through the empowering of the Spirit. Mm. And, and we are blessed in many ways, mm. but don't be fooled. We can still grieve the Spirit. We can still be disobedient, just like the people of Israel. Mm. And we can become slaves of sin, not a nation, because that's what Romans talks about. Yeah. We are slaves of whoever we obey, and I think that's that's what yeah. that's what uh, can happen to us, whether we're slaves of pornography or other sins. And, mm. and I think other addictions, the, whatever yeah, it might be. that's the reality. God yeah. says clearly, you know, to obey is better than sacrifice. So mm. So making it a little bit more practical as we sort of uh, wrap up soon is, um, you know, how would you guys counsel someone who's kind of working through this idea of discipline and God's judgment? What, what kind of things would you say, John? You could almost do a character study on who God is. Yep. And I think by looking at Scripture and seeing who God is and His consistency, it would help you to understand and to but deal it with take about ninety years. Yeah. <laughs> Why can't the next ninety years do this character study? Yeah. Some of us really don't have ninety. Years. <laughs> <laughs> None of us really have ninety years left. So good day that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know what I'm saying, though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Just to look at His character, have confidence in His character, just when you see. Uh, his consistency uh, throughout mm. the whole Bible, through uh, throughout eternity, uh, what he's been like, and to have confidence in that God. Mm. I think I, I would probably start by highlighting the differences between God's wrath um, and discipline, and what that looks like in the sense of, you know, <laughs> um, he disciplines those whom he loves. Mm. Um, so it's Hebrews 12, aren't yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. And so uh, that's a good thing, um, but he's. But he's uh, his wrath has been poured out now on Jesus, and so that that doesn't that doesn't factor into the Christian life anymore mm. because Jesus has taken that upon Himself. And so I think understanding the difference between those things is key because I think, especially maybe my generation, will get confused and they, the lines can become blurred, and wrath and discipline can yeah. become the same thing. Um, yeah. And so I think I would I would try and make a clear distinction and get them to understand that. Yeah, yeah. I'll leave it. Yeah, and we've got to remember God's discipline and uh, judgment didn't just sort of all of a sudden rock up in judges. Mm. Um, 
started in Genesis. Uh, you know, he casts out Adam and Eve. This is the, this is the effects of sin, uh, you know. But throughout, as we know the Bible stories, God's constantly gracious, constantly redeeming, constantly saving. Uh, and obviously the most glorious picture is the cross um, in that Christ took the full wrath of God on our behalf. And, and that's why the cross is so violent, like the judgment there that Jesus bore. Uh, but, you know, we would still be doing all these sacrifices and stuff if Christ had not raised, was risen again. Mm. So we, we can rejoice in that. Um, so we've got to keep that in mind as we wrestle through this. That um, Yeah, because of the cross and grace, there's wonderful hope. But don't play around with God. Yeah. Uh, I think we need to remember that, you know, it's it's amazing. Like recently, based on Judges, I read Revelation as well, and I was looking at Revelation, and it's pretty graphic. Christ's judgment and God's judgment that is to come to a world that has rejected him. Yeah. It's serious stuff. It's no different to Judges. Correct, yeah. It's no different. Yeah. Because God is the same. That's correct, mm. yeah. And this holy standard needs to be upheld. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 Any last thoughts before we uh, wrap up? I think um, Melbourne for prisoners, possibly. <laughs> for those of you listening who don't follow AFL, <laughs> there's a pastor in our church that barracks a team called the Demons. Okay, can we tell you what uh, the Demons? <laughs> I completely forgot about that. The rest is barrack with the Saints. Yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter, actually, because we all know that the world champions are the All Blacks. Yeah. <laughs> That's a game called Rugby. <laughs> Lost the plot. And not League, but Union, for those who don't know. <laughs> Um, well, friends, if we don't have anything else to say, uh, uh, Nate, did you have anything to say? I, I saw you turning your scriptures. To oh, no, I was just, um, I was just looking at uh, Hebrews twelve. I think that uh, if you need to be encouraged by this, I encourage you to grab your Bibles, look at Hebrews twelve, and in there it says, um, "Lift your drooping heads and strengthen your weak knees, and make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be put out of joint, but be rather healed. Strive for peace with everyone, and for holiness without which no one sees the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God." I reckon that's the key to all this. Mm. This yep. here, we we're saved by grace, but we've also got to be li- we've got to be living by grace. That's right. You know. The Spirit of God is within us. It empowers us to live a life of grace. It's a gift of God. And I also, you know, this is part of the discipline of grace. Mm-hmm. Um, and, we, and when you live in the, in the power of that, you will overcome sin. You will mm-hmm. overcome temptation because you realize that God is the one that is empowering you to do so. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just an incredibly encouraging message. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that was just some, some thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's a good way to finish, I think, Nathan, the first few verses of uh, Hebrews 12, and we'll wrap up with that. That is, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, uh, that's talking about in Hebrews 11, you'll see that includes some of the judges that I've mentioned in there. Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Um, John, do you want to pray for us? Absolutely. And then we'll finish. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for all of your word. And uh, we thank you for this book that uh, has a lot to uh, come out of, uh, a lot to glean from, Lord God. And we just pray that uh, as we continue our series, uh, that you might continue to do that uh, for us, Lord God, to reveal yourself to show us who you are. We know who you are, Lord God. You are a righteous and holy God who 
uh, loves his children but also is willing to discipline them because he loves them as well. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for what he's done at the cross and taking the wrath that we deserve, Lord God, so that we might live and have eternal life. So we just uh, thank you and bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.